Today on CityCast Salt Lake, we've had some wild weather recently. Between the wind, rain, and snow, it feels like leaf peeping season is coming to a close. Meanwhile, leaf cleanup season is knocking at our door. But according to Wasatch Community Gardens Farm Director James Loomis, you should probably put down that rake and try a gentler approach. It's Thursday, October 27th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. All right, James, my first question for you is, because I have to ask before we even talk about the dead leaves, why do the leaves change? The leaves changing color is the result of them pulling nutrients, chlorophyll, kind of cannibalizing the the mobile uh, useful components of those leaves and transferring them to to their roots and down into the ground. So that that absence of chlorophyll and other you know nutrients and components is why the leaves then change color. It's not that they changed color, it's that they lost things from the leaves that were coloring them in the first place, particularly chlorophyll. Okay. And that's because they're getting less sun? It's because they're uh, preparing themselves to go dormant over the winter without going too too deep, right? Because this we can go down a lot of rabbit holes, okay? <laughs> you know, you have certain plants that are annuals, which means, you know, they live one season. And in our okay. environment where we where we experience freezing temperatures, those those plants are killed and a new generation, you know, grows the following year. Whereas perennial plants, which grow more than one year, living in an ecosystem where there's winter, they have to prepare for those freezing temperatures so that they don't, you know, destroy all of their plant tissue. So certain vegetables that I grow at the farm that are frost tolerant have the ability to pull water from their canopy above ground and store it underground while it's freezing and then move it back up when it's warm. Things like spinach. Believe it or not, in Salt Lake City, you can grow all winter long in your garden, even without a cold frame. Really? It's so great. And, you know, I mean, obviously when there's a blanket of snow, you're not eating a salad. But as soon as the snow melts, you know, boom, there it is. It's not going to grow a whole lot, but mm-hmm. if you can, if you can plant it in the fall, move into winter with a bed full of spinach, you can eat all winter long. Okay. Well, that's a fun fact. You're really myth-busting here for me because (laughs) I always thought the leaves, when they change and then they, you know, they become a beautiful orange or red or yellow and then they turn brown or black and they fall to the ground and they die. I thought that was either because they get cold or because they're not getting enough sun. But it sounds like it's not necessarily either of those things. Well, you know, not to anthropomorphize too much, but the, <laughs> tr- the trees are paying attention, right? It has to do with temperature. It has to do with sunlight hours or, or day length. And those trees are actively preparing themselves to, to go dormant. For example, the trees dropping their leaves. Um, yeah. and, and those leaves then become fuel for next season's plant growth as they're they're decomposed and processed by you know insects and soil microbes and those leaves 
once they've fallen, are an incredibly valuable resource to to a homeowner or a gardener. And it just pains me greatly to see how much work and effort people put into removing them from their landscapes. And then next spring, how much effort and money they put into going to the garden center to repurchase everything that those leaves provided for for free. So, hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're getting at my core question for you here, which is, do we rake them up? And it sounds like the answer is no. Well, you know, like so many things, the answer is it depends. Hmm. Okay, so... You know, the leaves make a great mulch, a great insulator, a great protector of the soil, as well as important habitat for beneficial insects, for things like toads and other little critters that we really, we really want. Um, and I make great use of leaves to cover my garden beds, to, you know, protect them and 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 oh my gosh in the spring you pull what's left of the leaves back and it's just worms and earthworm castings and gorgeous soil that's ready to plant in hmm. that being said depending on that that volume of leaves especially on on a lawn which let's just qualify my statement this is a podcast for salt lake city you probably shouldn't have a lawn in the first place so <laughs> <laughs> ta da Get rid of it. Um, yeah. But if you must have a lawn, because that's the type of person you are, um, then we, we often want to avoid having a thick mat of leaves. And mm. so the workaround there is is twofold. One, either rake some of those leaves onto your flower beds, onto your garden, so you don't have more than, say, 20 or 30% covered, or better yet, Make some passes with a mulching mower um, okay. and, and get those leaves shredded to tiny little bits so that they can decompose, that they can add organic matter into the soil, which you should also be mulching your lawn clippings for that hmm. same reason, to return that organic matter to the soil. Because if you do have a lawn in Salt Lake City, having soil that's high in organic matter increases its capacity to hold water, to hold nutrients, and, and, and result in better turf with less inputs. So why is it that you don't want a thick layer of leaves over a lawn then? Because I have to imagine that's the origin story for why people rake and bag them. Yeah, I think that and maybe giving their kids uh, an extra chore and a reason to get outside, which, come on, <laughs> that's that's smart parenting. Um, yeah, it's have, true. Them, have them bag it and then spread it onto the, the flower beds. Yeah. yeah, I think we've all seen leaves that are super thick that become matted, uh, which can then restrict the amount of oxygen that that the soil and the lawn are getting and, 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 and could result in fungal diseases or, or suffocation of, hmm. of, of the grass. You know, that, okay. that happens a little bit more in areas where there's a heavy blanket of snow that persists hmm. and and generally our snow doesn't stick around very long in salt lake unfortunately less, less every year yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've snowboarded and skated in the same day a lot <laughs> in february yeah so that's the new pitch for salt lake city you can snowboard <laughs> and skate same yeah. day 
Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to change the perspective and the narrative. So. That's right. Okay, I will say the last case that I've heard made for why we should rake up our leaves is that it's to keep them out of storm drains. But it sounds like you would say to those people, just rearrange them. Exactly. And you raise a really valid point. And I think as humans, we love to just tidy and rearrange. And I think sometimes that's the the detriment of our landscape. And most of us over tidy in fall. But you're 100% right, keeping those leaves out of the gutters, out of the roads, out of the storm drains where they clog and cause issues. That That is important. And that does mean, you know, getting out and doing that after after the wind blows every now and then. But um, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't raked or watered my landscape for the better part of 20 years now. I love that so often the right ecological decisions also are the least amount of work and cost the least amount of money. Yeah. Well, on that note, you brought up spring rolls around and we all go down to, you know, the garden center and buy bags and bags of mulch. How do we convert our leaves to mulch because like I'll say it I think some people aren't composters because they're like it's too much it, mm-hmm. I don't have time to be tossing it turning it it stinks it attracts animals like is there a mini version of composting for the with our leaves for those of us that don't have the tumbler yeah you know there's a there's a process of making what's called leaf mold which is a lightly composted leaf material and You know, I generally, especially in my vegetable garden, in early March, I will then remove that leaf layer Um, around my, you know, in my in my perennial plantings. I'll often, you know, pull back a bit of the leaves where I have young plants because I, I want the sun to be hitting the soil at that point to begin warming it up and kind of catalyzing all the good microbial action. But we can take those moistened leaves put them in a wire bin and let them, uh, you know, gently decompose. It's, it's a slow process. You, you end up with a, you know, it doesn't look like traditional compost, but it is a great mulch to then reapply back into the garden. Any of those matted, thick accumulations of leaves that could, you know, cut off oxygen to the soil um, or... Or, you know, potentially give home to, to, to rodents and critters that we might not want. Yeah. I mean, what kind of ecosystem are we talking about between the snow and the grass in our leaf bed? Like, is it just worms? Who else is in there? Oh, my goodness. Worms. So we have a whole class of insects called detrivores that shred and consume organic matter, uh, bacteria, beneficial fungi. There's a whole cast of characters. And there's a lot of science that shows that our microbial activity is actually incredibly high, sometimes the highest of the entire year, under a blanket of snow, um, which is, it blew my mind when I first learned that. And, yeah. you know, if you, if you look at the ecosystem logic behind that, this cast of characters, all these decomposers are fervently working to transform 
this year's spent organic matter into next year's nutrients. Yeah, I mean, we're all laboring over our lawns here, and you're just like on the porch drinking a hot toddy, letting (laughs) the bugs do the work for you. Absolutely. I want to go back and ask you a quick question. Are all Salt Lake leaves good leaves? There are some trees... We, we, we use the term allelopathic, if I'm, allelopathic. Pronun- if I'm pronouncing that correctly. There, there are certain plants like walnut, for example, um, certain species of locust do this as well. But they, um, it's believed that their leaves have a substance in them that um, inhibits the growth of other plants. It's their way to outcompete their neighbors. Walnuts, for example, release a chemical called jugalone. And that is mostly excreted through the roots of the plants. For example, I have a big walnut tree in my backyard. And okay, here I've talked about all this working less, and I'm just totally going to bust my own bubble here because I remove all of my walnut leaves from the backyard. <laughs> and okay. I, haul, I haul back in the leaves from my front yard to put on my garden beds. So, Well, so generally speaking, when we think about you know, the big leaf droppers in Salt Lake, everyone's kind of good to go. Everyone everyone can hang around. But if you've got a walnut tree, maybe get those leaves off to the side because they're not as encouraging. Yeah, I think that's a good rule of thumb. And I think if I, I think you really hit the nail on the head that this conversation isn't about doing nothing and feeling good about it. This conversation, I think the word you used was rearranging. Right. I think it's about understanding the value and the gift that all of those leaves falling from the trees are and, and, and receiving that gift and making the best use of it to further the goals we have in our landscape, which I think most people's goals are beauty, productivity, with the least amount of labor, least amount of water, least amount of money. At least that's where I'm coming from. And we shouldn't rake leaves, but we can jump in them, right? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, especially, right, we're rearranging. Let's start with a pile. Let's let's huck out of the tree. <laughs> just just make sure to put your rake away first because I, I, I think we've all maybe done that at least twice. I feel like that's good life advice. You can jump in the leaves, but put your rake away first. <laughs> The, f- the first time I actually did that and rang my bell with a rake handle... I mean, it's, it's pretty comical, but it's like, oh, that, that actually happens. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. James Loomis, thank you so much for all of this wisdom. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I mean, this, this, this brings me a lot of joy. If you want to get your hands in the soil with James, check out Wasatch Community Gardens. They're always looking for volunteers at the Urban Farm. And if you still have the urge to rake leaves, here's an idea. Adopt a storm drain. As a storm drain guardian, you'll make sure your neighborhood drain is clear of debris so that all that water makes its way to the Great Salt Lake. My friend Sid recently adopted one on 13th East, and I swear it's become like a pet. She even named it Ponyo. If you or your neighbors want to adopt a storm drain, I left a link for you in the show notes. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.
Emily. Knock, knock. Who's there? Leaf. Leaf who? Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> it's not personal. I just want to become mulch. <laughs> <laughs>